It's time for Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott, inviting the atheist, agnostic, and skeptic to examine for themselves the evidence for the Christian faith. We are all limited by what we do not know and by the things we think we know but are not true. Dr. Joe Mott earned his Ph.D. at LSU and was a distinguished math professor at Florida State University for 38 years, helping to write three math textbooks and authoring over 30 research articles in math. He is now the host of this radio program, Defending and Commending the Faith. Here is Joe Mott. Welcome to the program. I pray all of you are well. I have finished the overview of the 12 points that show Christianity is true. But I still have some things to do to complete the overall task. Number one, I want to discuss some consequences of point 12, that the Bible is the Word of God. Two, I want to give the facets of Christ's self-understanding When I discuss points 7 to 9 pertaining to Jesus claiming to be and proving to be the Son of God, I promised that later I would discuss his self-understanding. Number three, I will fill in the details of point one, that the truth about reality is knowable. And four, I will fill in the details of point three, asserting the existence of a theistic God. I start today by discussing some consequences that the Bible is the Word of God. People assert that all the sacred books, like the Bible, the Quran, the Book of Mormon, the Vedas, etc., and all religions teach essentially the same things and are only superficially different. Believing something doesn't make it true. Refusing to believe something doesn't make it false. Well, the claim that all religions are essentially the same is factually incorrect. Indeed, it is one of the lies of the century. The truth is exactly the opposite. These books and religions are essentially different and only superficially the same. Many radical and irreconcilable differences separate the Bible and Christianity from all other competing sacred books and religions. If the Bible is right, point 12, then the other books are wrong in the areas where they contradict the Bible. If the Bible is the Word of God, then the other books cannot be God's Word. The truth is that the major world religions disagree over every major issue, including, number one, the perception of the nature of God, number two, the nature of truth, three, the view of the basic problem for humanity, four, the view of morality, Five, the attitude toward humanity and the universe. This idea has several subtopics like, first, in the means of attaining salvation from the problem of humanity. Second, in the view of ultimate human destiny 
and the afterlife, and third, in other aspects like the perceptions of both hell and heaven. <clears throat> so why should we remove from public display sayings from the Bible and promote contrary sayings? Seems like our nation is shooting itself in the foot. The concept of God is the most fundamental doctrine of any religious system. <clears throat> the Bible, Quran, the Vedas, the Book of Mormon all differ on the concept of God. In the New Testament, God is presented as a unity in essence or substance can be found in Mark 12, verse 29. But God eternally exists in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The doctrine of the Trinity is a uniquely Christian doctrine. No other religion believes God eternally exists in three persons. The word Trinity is found nowhere in the Bible. But it is implied in numerous statements found in Scripture. For example, all three persons of the Godhead are named in the passages. Number one, at Jesus' baptism in Matthew 3, verses 16 and 17. Number two, at giving the Great Commission in Matthew 28, verse 19. Number three, in Paul's benediction to the Corinthian church, found in 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14. And number four, in Paul's exposition of spiritual gifts, in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 through 6. And five, in Peter's exposition of God's work of salvation, in 1 Peter 1, verse 2. The Trinity is also intimated in the Old Testament that foreshadow the later revelation of God as triune. For example, there are frequent references to the Spirit of God in Genesis 1-2, Judges 13 verse 5, and Psalms 51 verse 11. In addition, God on occasion uses the first-person plural as a self-reference. Let us make man in our image. The man has now become like one of us, knowing good from evil. Let us go down and confuse their language. Indeed, the Hebrew word most frequently translated God in the Old Testament is Elohim, which is plural in form. How Judaism and Islam deal with this plurality is a mystery to me. But in the Quran, Muhammad, the founder of Islam, promoted the idea that the one God is not a trinity. The Hindu Vedas refer to millions of gods with a single impersonal and monistic deity, Brahman, underlying them all. Buddhism teaches that the concept of God is essentially irrelevant. Mormons mention that they believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. However, Mormon doctrine denies the Trinity, teaching that the Father, Son, and Spirit 
do not comprise one God, that Jesus is just one of many sons of God, and that humans may become God. Obviously, these religions are not pointing to the same God. In terms of salvation, every religion except Christianity promotes a works-oriented view as a way to obtain salvation. Whereas the Bible says that salvation is a gift from God to those who trust in Jesus Christ alone and is not the result of works. That can be found in several places. Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9, Romans 3, verse 24, and 6, verse 23, 2 Timothy 1, verses 9 through 11, and in Titus 3, verse 5. Christianity is the only religion that teaches that man can do nothing to earn or pay his way into heaven. I have demonstrated that Jesus is the Son of God. That's uh, point nine. Therefore, he is divine, and what he tells us is true. The distinguishing and differentiating characteristic of his message is that it is a gospel. The word gospel means good news, and it was good news that Jesus came to bring. The theologian, the scientist, the philosopher, the physician, the detective, the media commentator, and the intellectual all have their data, and that data requires interpretation. But it's possible that the interpretation can be erroneous. The detective's erroneous interpretation of evidence could lead to the conviction of an innocent person of a crime. Science doesn't tell us anything. Only scientists give us their interpretation of the data. If that interpretation is wrong, then the minds of a whole generation of students are adversely affected. A physician's erroneous diagnosis could lead to the death of a patient. Religions err in the consideration of who Jesus is. For example, Islam denies Jesus' divinity and portrays him as a mere prophet to Israel, lower than Muhammad. However, despite that particular declaration, the Quran concurs with New Testament teaching that Jesus was, first, virgin-born, second, lived a sinless life, third, was called the Messiah, fourth, was a miracle worker, and even raised someone from the dead, and fifth, ascended into heaven. On the other hand, the Quran says that Muhammad, the founder of Islam, was none of those things. That seems to me that the Quran elevates Jesus over any human being, including Muhammad himself. However, the Quran says Jesus didn't die on the cross, but the Bible says that he did. 
Thus the Quran is wrong on this topic. Cults always pervert who Jesus is. Walter Martin, the original Bible answer man and the author of The Kingdom of the Cults, is quoted in the book Through the Windows of Heaven, authored by his daughter, Jill Martin Richet. Martin says, The Jesus of the Jehovah's Witnesses is an angel. The Jesus of the Mormons is one God among many gods and the spirit brother of Lucifer, who is the devil. The Jesus of the Spiritists is an advanced medium in the sixth sphere. The Jesus of the Theosophists and Edgar Cayce is a reincarnation of the world's soul. The Jesus of the mind science cults is a good man in whom the Christ's consciousness dwells, which is the same Christ consciousness they say is in all of us. The holiness and the transcendence of God could be interpreted erroneously to conclude that God was unapproachable, unpredictable, and the sworn enemy of the sinner. In his book, The Mind of Jesus, William Barclay writes, The Jews who were committed to Judaism so stressed the holiness and the transcendence of God that they removed him from the human contact altogether. This erroneous interpretation could result in a person never praying to a loving God, never obeying God's command, never trusting his promises, never being in dialogue with God. But that is not good news about God. And Jesus came to bring good news. The Bible says, No human being has seen God at any time. The only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father, He, Jesus, has fully explained Him. That's found in John 1, verse 18. That fact gives us a new perspective about God. Jesus came to tell people of an inviting God, a God who desires to be approached, a God who is not hidden but loving, not unknowable but revealing, not unapproachable but accessible, and not unpredictable but faithful and steadfast. Neither is God the enemy of the sinner, but the one who invites him to come and receive rest through Jesus. Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. His great desire is for us to engage in prayer, fellowship, and worship. Further, this intimate knowledge of God is open to all, even to the simplest and the outcast. The author of the book of Hebrews writes, Come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That's found in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Thank you for listening to Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott, a production of Wave 94 Radio in Tallahassee, Florida. 
If you have any questions or comments for Joe, please forward them to Doug Apple at Wave94 at this email address, dougapple at wave94.com. And be sure to join us every Monday evening at 6.45 p.m. on Wave 94 and subscribe through your favorite podcast app, Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott.